welcome to the Bureau Asia podcast. I'm Matt Cowan. Thank you for listening in. Last time round, we made the brave decision to pit Vietnam and the Philippines against each other in an episode called Vietnam and the Philippines. Who's winning? And we made a decision on who was leading the way based on factors such as stability, healthcare, culture and environment, education and infrastructure. Sounds all grown up, doesn't it? I think the results were interesting. I guess I need to say that. This is my show after all. But seriously, it forced us to think a little more deeply about two countries that we know and love. I don't have kids, but the exercise I imagine would almost be up there with having to choose between them and announce it publicly. Well, I'm happy to say we didn't receive any death threats. The friends we have left haven't unfriended us that we know of. To be honest, they probably didn't even listen to it. And the respective governments haven't expelled us yet, although I've noticed a slowdown in our internet speed. Hmm, there could be something in that. Maybe their plan is to torture us with terminally slow internet speeds. Anyhow, if you'd like to find out which country we think is winning, give the episode a listen after this and let me know what you think on the Bureau Asia's social media channels at the Bureau Asia. Meanwhile, this episode takes a slightly different turn and gives a cold shoulder to all the seriousness of the previous episode, as this one you're listening to drops on or around Valentine's Day. So I've decided to call this the love episode. Now, before you switch off and go back to your true crime podcast that put you to sleep last night, I want to make it clear that this episode isn't going to be all lovey-dovey and, well, for want of a better word, wet. Instead, we're going to try and get down and dirty, between the sheets, so to speak, and hopefully find out for you some of the more salacious details of what love's really like in Vietnam. Maybe you're toying with the idea of dating a Vietnamese, or heaven forbid, a Filipino. Just kidding. So stick around because we're hoping to find out what gives men a rise, and likewise, what makes the dating scene hard for women here to swallow, or not. Now, before you start thinking, great, Matt's going to open the can on his dating escapades in Vietnam, stop now if you are, because it's been quite some time since my Don Juan days here in Saigon. Get it? Don Juan. (laughs) For people not familiar with the Vietnamese language, Juan is a male name spelt Q-U-A-N, but pronounced similarly to Juan, like in Spanish or Filipino for that matter. Perhaps that could be my porn star name, Dong Wan. Anyway, I'm going to be the third wheel in this episode. I'm going to try and sit back like a cuckold and watch, listen and learn from the big guns of love for this episode. And you can probably guess who the first one is. She's been married twice, once to me, and loves rom-coms, bubble baths and fantasizes about being in both with either of the Hemsworth brothers. It's the Bureau Asia's content manager, Melanie Kasul. How are you, Mel? Hello, lover. (laughs) Actually, I don't think I want um, the other Hemsworth anymore since Miley Cyrus's song dropped. And I think he cheated on her. Oh, no. Uh, I don't even know who you're talking about, really. I've heard of these guys. (laughs) Chris and Liam Hemsworth. Okay, and they're Aussies, right? Yes, of course. Okay, cool. I love Australia. Oh, great. (laughs) Love to hear it. Now, um, Mm -hmm. what would be your porn star name? Oh, actually... My middle name is the same name as a very popular 1970s bomba star in the Philippines. Bomba is I like... I don't uh, know one called Melanie. No, no. Oh, bom- right. uh, wait, let me talk about bomba first. Okay. So bomba is a genre of like a sexy, almost soft porn movie that was like allowed to be shown in public theaters during the martial law so that we would get distracted that we were under a dictatorship, so to speak. So anyway, my middle name is Alma. So her name was Alma Moreno. Alma Moreno. Yeah. If you're Filipino, you say Alma Moreno. But if you were like trying to pretend to be Alma Moreno. Anyway, in the 80s, she was also nicknamed Loveliness. And she was very, um, she was a good dancer. So I think my parents have actually given me my porn star yeah, name already. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's all right. I Thanks, had to make Mom my own up. Yeah, well yep. done, Mum and Dad. Now, I know you're a big fan of those Hemsworth guys, mm-hmm. as you said. Yes. <laughs> but I also noticed last night when we were out for a date 
at Soma uh, in the bubble uh, yeah. here in Saigon, uh-huh. uh, where we caught a live show featuring local psych surf rock outfits, Skeleton Good. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, shout out to drummer George and his beautiful partner, Becky, who are big fans of the potty. Yeah, I was really surprised about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's always nice to have someone, someone just come up and say, you know, and love the two, potty. Two, yeah, had a two couple, of them. I think, yeah. And uh, also there was the awesome Saigon Soul Revival band that yeah. we saw as well. Now, while we were there, mm-hmm. I noticed uh, you have a very big soft spot for Sean Bean. Oh, and you sort of this guy. Expand on yeah, that. there was this guy that George was talking to and he was like, I swear, look like Sean Bean. And, you know, I'm a Game of Thrones and Lord of, Rings, Lord of the Rings fan, not the nerdy kind that dresses up and knows everything but oh my gosh i could not stop looking at him (laughs) he just looked like he was yeah he was very handsome yeah (laughs) yeah i'm a big game of thrones and lord of the rings all right all right right. calm down calm down (laughs) calm down um but uh, would you say my own chiseled jawline reminds (laughs) you of anyone famous? Like, do you think people say, oh, he looks like that actor or rock star when they spot me in a crowd? Yeah, actually, but more like your nose line rather than the jawline. Oh, get out of it. You remind me of Owen Wilson Oh, and Matthew Perry. Owen Wilson? And Matthew Perry, both okay, mate, funny I'll take, men like you. All right, I'll take Matthew Perry, <laughs> I guess. Okay, so moving on, we've got another whopping show today in which the sexual innuendos are going to fly as thick and fast as used condoms over a balcony at a seedy Bouyven hotel room. Or at the balcony in Sky Garden 1. <laughs> <laughs> not in Sky Garden 3, not no. here. Uh, I want to keep things to a maximum of 45 minutes if I can. Oh, I, I think you... I, don't, I think... <laughs> I think it, it lasts for about maybe 10 minutes max. Oh, righto, righto. Um, yeah, so I know I say this every week, 45 minutes. Somehow I think I'm going to fail again this week because coming up we have a good friend and even better talker than you, <laughs> the hilarious Stella Hidaka. Well, a- I taught her, so she knows yeah, how yeah, to talk. Yeah, I think I did too back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah she's been around. Um, yeah, she's agreed to hit our listeners' ears for the first time to answer some of the burning questions <laughs> we have about love and relationships in Vietnam. She joins us a little later from the country of love and romance itself, France. Ooh la la, France. But France. first up, first up, in keeping with our episode theme, we take a look into a movie that's premiering Yay. on Netflix this April about love and travel that was filmed right here in Vietnam. So I guess let's Netflix and chill. mentioned in the intro, an American movie that was filmed here in Vietnam last year is about to premiere on Netflix this coming April called A Tourist's Guide to Love. Ah, ring that reminder bell. Now, given that this episode is the love episode and we always have something to say about travel. And love. I thought this might be a good (laughs) opportunity to chat about it. Okay. I've got to say, Mel, the name of it hasn't exactly got me racing for the calendar to block off the evening for its premiere. Well, Eat, Pray, Love was already taken. Yeah. (laughs) Now, look, before I write it off completely, before I've even seen a trailer. Yeah, there's no trailer yet. Not yet. Let me hit you with the synopsis. Okay. Okay, here we go. In quotes. Should I say this summer? This summer, this summer. written by Vietnamese American. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the synopsis is written by Vietnamese American Irene Donahue and inspired by her travels to explore her roots. The story follows a travel executive who experiences an unexpected breakup and decides to accept an assignment to learn about the tourism industry in Vietnam. Very eat, pray, love. Is it? The character of Julia Roberts is a book tra- as a food travel writer, or is it a travel writer? And the same thing with Under the Tuscan I, Sun. I think I missed both of those. Yeah, and she was a travel journal, and then break up, break up, and then 
Sorry. Uh, you're you giving it away. Yeah, you should do no, it no, again. No, that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Along the way, she finds adventure and romance with her Vietnamese expat tour guide when they decide to hijack the tour bus to explore life and love off the beaten path. Ah, well, it's similar. Like under the Tuscan sun, she was riding a tour bus and then she saw this beautiful Italian villa and she just went down and, and that was it. That was it? No, she I mean, that was, start- that was it. No, no, that was the start of the movie. The move... <laughs> The movie features American actress Rachel Lee Cook. Wow, that's a blast from the past in the 90s. Dunawa. Vietnamese-American actor Scott Lee. Mm-hmm. And Vietnamese actresses Chuk Chan and Le Tien. Okay. Netflix has stated the following. Wait for it. Brace yourself. Can you do the summer voice, like the trailer voice? Okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> losing on, it. Go on, This summer, with Vietnam's rich culture... And breathtaking sights taking center stage. The production will also involve over 200 <laughs> local crew members and vendors, including those in the production, domestic travel, and retail industries. How's that? You don't sound like a trailer voice. You sound like a <laughs> porn, trailer a porn hub okay. voice. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Rachel Lee Cook, who plays the lead role and is also oh, a producer of the movie, really? apparently, said, The film presents a compelling love letter to Vietnam in all its glory with heart and humour. All right. Mel, I said in the opener mm. that you're a lover of rom-coms. Yes. What are your thoughts on this now without knowing anything else about the flick? All right. Well, like you, I was trying to look for a trailer, but, you know, nothing's there yet. I just saw a few, like, production stills and, of course, write-ups, PR write-ups. Anyway, I'm actually excited to see it. My initial gut feel is that it's going to try way to veer away from the cliches, but not successfully. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you know that already? Well, because you've, already, you were, you've, you've just panned it already. No, you were already describing, you know, like a synopsis of the film. And already in my mind, I was thinking, you know, the opening scenes from, you know, Eat, Pray, Love and Under the Tuscan Sun, you know. And look, it's definitely going to show a lot of the cultural and natural wonders of the country. So per- perhaps it should be called <laughs> <laughs> Eat, what is it? Pray, pray on me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what? Under the... Under the Tuscan sun? Under the Hoi An sun. Ooh, interesting. No, but surely it's going to showcase a lot of amazing, you know, tourism uh, destinations in the country. And it might um, be uh, a good way to, you know, um, speed up tourism back into the country. Well, I so wonder, I think it's good. I wonder yeah. which beaches they cleaned up to film the beach scenes. Oh, maybe green screen. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway, as it happens, I listened to a podcast episode yesterday on the You Don't Know Vietnam podcast. It's a new one that I've discovered. Mm-hmm. And one of the topics was about how Vietnam as a travel destination has been and is perceived and how for a long time it's been looked at by Westerners through a colonialist lens Mm. or an orientalist filter as proposed by Saeed decades ago with his orientalism theory. This sounds like a a modern Asia lecture. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and um, (laughs) which says that we look as Westerners, not you. Wait a minute. I suppose. I don't know. The people talking in that podcast were uh, Westerners, correct? Yeah. Okay, all right. But I'm talking about Saeed's... Orientalism theory theory is that we've in the past and perhaps still now today, we we look at this part of the world as the Orient, as the Far East, Mm -hmm. and especially countries previous previously colonized by the French, yeah, the British and the Americans, and we tend to romanticize it and portray it as exotic. Okay, and uh, but with this movie. I get the feeling it's just going to perpetuate that. And we're in 2023 now. Now, Saeed's um, theory was what, 1970s? Maybe Something 60s. Like that. So Definitely earlier. Before we yeah. were born. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, unfortunately, I agree. Um, it will. But who knows? The script writer is a woman. So Orientalism might take a. Um, pun intended, swipe left, <laughs> i.e. post Me Too, um, more woke approach to script writing. 
you know, it might have less of a male gaze approach and we might be surprised of, of it having a female gaze. How old, how, how old is she? Uh, Rachel Lee Cook, yeah. the actress, is 43. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So up around our age. Yeah. Okay. So although, you know, I feel that maybe the casting choice could have been different, like the male love interest could have been a local actor. Could have been Owen Wilson. <laughs> uh, you know, 100% <laughs> Vietnamese. Yeah. You know, not a expat tour guide. There are a lot of talented MCs, comedians that could have been casted alongside the actress. You've the- just, I just want to pull you mm-hmm. up there. You've said something fairly controversial already. What? Not 100% Vietnamese. So he's Vietnamese American. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like a Viet Q. Okay. So not a Viet, or maybe he actually lives that Scott Lee character, uh, actor, sorry, actually lives abroad, doesn't live here. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I have no idea nor personal press preferences as to who. But, you know, just looking at the recent uh, Q&Me Vietnam market research, the results for top favorite celebrities in Vietnam, uh, the top three contenders are actually comedians and they look good. They are upper, you know, they are mid-30s to early 40s. Um, names like Tran Tan, Chung Tae Vin, or Zuan Bak. Could have been, you know, good choices, but maybe um, they couldn't be cast because it's an English script and yeah, I'm not I'd, sure, you yeah, know. That would definitely yeah. be a consideration, wouldn't yeah. it? I think Lin Bin Fat would be a mm-hmm. good one. Yeah, he's popular I see him all well. the time. He's on yeah. my feed all the time, um, but I can't remember what his English is like. Mm. I've met him a couple of times and spoken to him, but it was a while ago now, pre-COVID. Okay. Uh, COVID. Um, now, something I'm keen to see play out in this movie. Yeah will be the relationship between the white female lead character okay. and the Asian male love interest who, let's face it, as you said, yeah. um, he's actually American. American. Yep. Um, we've seen this before, though, decades ago with The Lover. Okay. I think French, I've mentioned The Lover yeah. before. I couldn't yeah. sit through it. <laughs> so no. I French, tried the book as well, by the way. And French uh, female protagonist and um, Asian male protagonist. Yep. Yeah. So how do you see this playing out in the movie? Um, because as we know, there are very few relationships like it here. It's almost exclusively white or foreign dudes who hook up with local women, not the other way around. So, so like you mean art imitating life and life imitating art? Yeah, and, and for oh, okay. me it'll be yeah. like, okay, is this actually authentic? Like how often well, does this happen? Well, if, if I'm looking at it from, you know, a filmmaking perspective, um, it's really a classic case of opposites attract uh, combined with a midlife crisis, women empowerment, you go girl, plot device. So... <laughs> Aside from the Eat, Pray, Love and the Under the Tuscan Sun um, examples, I've been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiancé lately. And the TV show, so it's an American TV show on uh, TLC. It has a spinoff. It's called 90 Day Fiancé, Other Way Round. And <laughs> <laughs> the cast members, the American women, um, mostly in their 50s or 60s, they go to places like Egypt, Turkey, Dubai, not Asia. So they go off to places out of their comfort zones to give... Africa? Ah, yes. Um, Nigeria, that's yeah, right. Yeah, there's a bit of a, yeah. um, what do you call it? Sex tourism trade there Well, in places like n- that. Not that TV show. The TV show portrays, quote unquote, real love. <laughs> but, you know, so I think... Yeah, that's that's the premise. Okay, yeah. No, but this movie, the actress is not like 50s or 60s. She's like early 40s. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And the way she looks, she passes off as like mid-30s. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's definitely a question we need to ask Stella later oh, on yeah, when we, right. we get her online because she's married to a Frenchman. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll ask you. Okay. Why don't we see more white chicks with Vietnamese guys? Um, I don't know where you her. hang out, Matt, but all oh, right. Oh. <laughs> I don't know well, where I you can hang tell out. you. I can um, tell you where I want to hang out. <laughs> um, look, I don't agree uh, with that uh, statement. I actually see and know uh, a lot of very successful relationships between Caucasian women with Vietnamese men. 
And um, I don't think I'll, uh, have I met them yet. Yes, but I'm not going to mention their couple, names uh, for one, privacy. One, maybe two. I can <laughs> <laughs> look, but maybe for the other half, I'd like to quote a Vien Express newspaper headline. Oh, right, uh, from yes. two years ago. Quote the esteemed publication. Yeah, a headline. Quote. Indolent husbands leave Vietnamese women burnt out. That's a classic. I love that word, indolent. I haven't heard that since the, what, the 80s, I reckon. What's it about? Did you read it? Um, I think it was a related, I clicked on it because it was tacked on as a related article, hyperlink, yep. to um, a 2022 story saying that during Tet, the Vietnamese women are really flat out. Ah, right. Because yeah. the Vietnamese modern women, they work, but they, they push like 40 hours a week, but they are still expected to do the housework and take right. care of the kids while the husband just sits there and watches Boozes TV. On. <laughs> and, you know, especially during Tet, it's extra pressure oh, for the, the women. Oh, the poor Vietnamese man, man. They copper. They cop a bit, don't they? Hey, I'm I'm going to stick up for them. Okay, this is a he said, yeah. she said situation. All right, let's change <laughs> the, the the topic a little bit now. Yeah. Let's say you're a fixer for the film. Okay. Like this, All going right. back to what's it called again? <laughs> Whatever the film's called again. Um, <laughs> and you get approached by the director and producers to scout locations. Where are you going to suggest for a rom com like this? And let's say you have no constraints. The people throwing money at it don't care. Yeah. And the government isn't leaning on you to promote places like Vin Pearl, <laughs> Phu Quoc and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. And Nya Chang. So uh, which locations? All right. So just, uh, you know, uh, for people's memories, the name of the movie we're talking about is A Tourist's Guide to <laughs> That's Love. It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To answer this question, I will use my actual experience working as uh, an actual film and TV yeah, fixer here right. in yeah. Vietnam. Yep. Shout out to Othello. Another Frenchman. Ooh la la, Othello and the team at the Creative TV Company. How nice. you guys doing? Look. I know that you put parameters on my location choice, but the reality is if you are filming, you want um, an easy, safe, and, you know, lots of accommodating local support. So I would actually choose a location that is highly supported by the local tourist authority. Right. Yeah. And if, for example, part of my script is going to feature like this amazing waterfall but I can't shoot there. I'll I'll just have to you know choose a different one. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll have to you know choose another one because for me the safety of my crew is is more important. You know, but you'd have to say that key locations for this movie would be Tourist, Ho Chi Minh City, yeah. Hoi An. Oh, let's make a prediction right now. Hanoi. Let's listen. Yeah, Hanoi, Hoi An. Hoi. All the all the sort of big ones. Big right? ticket. Yeah. There'd tourists. have to be a beach. I'd of imagine course. there's some kind of beach scene. So Well, it depends on who sponsored it. Perhaps. See, that's another consideration yeah. money wise. Yeah, no, me. but I said yeah. the the parameter was you didn't have to worry about Ah, didn't how have much to worry sponsorship about money. or anything. Where would you which city let's say which five locations in Vietnam mm. if you were Well, the most romantic location in Vietnam would probably be Hoi An. Right. You know, imagine a scene you know, with lanterns floating and then the characters looking at each other and, you know, falling I think that's why I haven't been back for so long. <laughs> anyway, finally, probably something that would take more thought, but I'll ask you anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a script writer. Okay. Um, what would be the plot you'd come up with for a rom-com in Vietnam with the aim of appealing to a foreign English-speaking audience? Oh, look... I need to get inspiration from uh, the romantic comedies in this genre. So let's see. Past successful travel love stories, as mentioned again and again, uh, Eat, Pray, Love, Under the Tuscan Sun. There's also one that features a male protagonist, Midnight in Paris, starring oh. Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah. We saw <laughs> yeah. That was actually quite good. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. It, it's a Woody Allen, of course, yeah, that's right. uh, yep. film. And... I think I would make a script for, look, I'm going to be 50 this year. So I want, <laughs> I want to make a script that um, speaks to, to my generation, 50, 60 something women looking for adventure. 
Um, have you seen the movie The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel? <laughs> it, okay, it's um, the location is India, and it stars oh. Dame Judi Dench. Oh. So it's it's I'd probably do a, do a story where it's about you know older women braving the unknown. You know, like Shirley Valentine. Uh, Hasn't it been done before? See, this one I haven't seen. Oh. Is it an Australian movie? No, English. Oh, okay. Yeah. I no. think it was English. Mm. Yeah. So, look, despite the stereotypes, culture clashing is a, you know, despite the stereotypes, culture clash, anything that has to do with, like, you know, um, getting your second wind kind <laughs> of, kind yeah, of yeah. you know, okay. plot line, this trope really works. Yep. Um, and if... So journeys of discovery yes. and things, things like you've, you've got to a certain point in your yes. life and you're like, okay, is this it? Yep. So it's yep. like the second round of a coming of age film. Right. Uh, I think I've been going through that for the last 10 years. <laughs> Let's make a movie out of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know if anyone would bother wanting to see that. And, you know, just to put um, some geographical context to this, if your target audience are American women, as I assume this movie on Netflix is, um, did you know that according to a 2021 Pew Research survey, American women, 32% of them are more likely than men, 22% um, of men have never traveled outside America. How many? 32% of women. Wow. Okay. Versus That's 22% of men. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see how it turns out. Mel, report back to me. Yeah, sure. I think um, I'll be look, busy when it premieres on April 27th on said, Netflix in Vietnam. I, I'm, I think I'm going to enjoy it, despite the stereotypes. Yep. be listening to this with a cheeky smile on your face or a scowl depending on how your valentine's day turned out it's one of those days that can go either way it's hard to know if you're releasing just the right amount of pheromones over dinner or that you've indeed actually booked the right restaurant altogether in the first place it can be quite the anxiety riddled day and evening for some Indeed, probably the best way to relieve some of that anxiety and to ensure the palms of your hands don't sweat too much is to try to understand how relationships work, especially when you're living among another culture. I can remember one of my earliest experiences going on a date in Vietnam. It began by being asked out for coffee, which made me think she wasn't that interested in me. And then rocking up to the date to find two women there. The third wheel being a close family friend, just overseeing things and making sure things were above board in public for the entire evening. Clearly, she was a good girl. I can't remember why that didn't work out. Surely it wasn't me. More than a decade later, going on dates is a thing of the past for me, but I still have a lot of questions, as perhaps you do, about love and relationships in Vietnam. So I thought, why not give my friend Stella a call? She's a 30-year-old Vietnamese lady who I would say probably represents a growing demographic in Vietnamese society, one that's educated, ambitious, confident, independent, self-sufficient, career-oriented, and less submissive, I guess, at least in public anyway. Stella was born and raised in Saigon and splits her time between France and Vietnam while working on large infrastructure projects as a project officer. She also considers herself a bit of a relationship expert. Here she is. Stella, I'm gonna cut to the chase. It's a question that came up earlier in the episode. Why don't I see many white women dating Vietnamese guys in Vietnam? Why is it so lopsided? Mm, why? Well, let's say I am, I'm not a white woman. <laughs> I'm not a white woman. So I would not 
I'm not been like representing them to saying anything like, oh yeah, it's like this. But I have dated Vietnamese men, mm. and um, and I am hanging out with a lot of white women. So I think I think the problem is just um, first the even though they they, they are Westerner, the, the women are Westerner. They are not like will approaching the guy first, oh. especially. Like Vietnamese men or yeah, or Indian men, Korean men, let's say all that. Like we are women, right? Mm. So like not all the time horrible with approaching the guys first. So uh, especially if you're coming into an exotic country, blah blah blah, you're not gonna approach the guy first. You 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 usually it's the case, right? And the Vietnamese men, they I'm not saying they get intimidated by the Western woman or, or something like this. But yeah, there is a gap of languages, cultures, things like that. It's, it's like a, a boundary, a border for them to cross. And then imagine if they want to approach a, a girl, usually for men, like Matthew men, right? So obviously you know how hard <laughs> is it to come up like to a girl and, and then... I have no Make idea. I don't. Move. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> for the record, you were you were doing it when you were young. Even when when like men the younger and in the society, men play the. I mean, the role of a usually usually the case on a of an approacher, right? Yeah. So just just like that, that's the first thing is that the men they they didn't make a move. So <laughs> the woman they were. It was just like, okay, whoever make the move, I, I'll talk to you. But, like, can they interest the woman? Like, another point, is, can mm. they interest the woman enough? Or the strong woman, the, the one that would actually go and check out men, like, let's say that, to come and actually approach them first. Like, are you, like, that interesting for, you know, for, for me to come and, and to talk to you first? So, but, Let's say before the own of the cultural different thing like become the the real relationship. This is the the, the real limitation that they have to face, the big wall that they have to face before they can cross. When when if you look at the case of a Western man toward an Asian woman or a Vietnamese woman, it's actually easier to pick up a chick. Seriously, <laughs> like. Wait, they adore you. They like you. They find you. Um, instantly, you find Westman. Like instantly, like oh, I like you. I think, right? Yeah. From, yeah. I think. Uh, that, I think Stella, you picked up. Um, pun intended. Picked up. <laughs> you picked up a really go- good point there, <laughs> because I think the question that 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 Matt, you know, that Matt asked was actually kind of like um, stereotypical. Why, why it seems that you were expecting a white woman to be the first one to take the step, you know? So it's like, yeah, a white strong woman still wants to be, uh, you know, romanticized. Or no, not romanticized. <laughs> <laughs> still wants to be approached. Yeah. I think, the, I think Vietnamese women are more driven aren't they? They've got a different motivation to approach, say, a Western guy. Is that right? So a Western woman is not necessarily as motivated. She's, she's independent. She's in Vietnam to work, She's for in example, Vietnam to work. To There's travel, probably less yeah. of a power distance kind of relationship happening. Is mm-hmm. that what, what might be happening, Stella? Yes, I think it's the case too. Like, to be honest, if you, if for me, when I, I look around on friends and on the relation I have that have this kind of relationship, I think, um, first of all, the, um, the woman that comes to Vietnam, even if like they are not high profile people, like mm. the backpackers, for example, mm-hmm. they still, they still very independent. Yeah. They still very independent. And, and for me, like, for example, I talked to, uh, let's say my, my mother-in-law. A French woman. She she pick up men all the time. I'm telling you, she's extremely <laughs> confident. Yeah, pick up men all the time. And when she was in Vietnam, she came to Vietnam. Basically, she she saw some older men, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that girl, that guy is like an, a bar owner." Is a- oh wow, which bar? No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> she's a divorced woman, uh, yeah. very free, you know, kind of thing. And she came to the nun, and there was this bar owner, that uh, owner guy, and he's very sharp. And you can see that they like each other. Wow. Usually, my mother-in-law would be like, "Okay, uh, can I have your phone number or something like that so we can talk to each other?" But I see, I see there they make no moves. Both of them make no moves at all. I came back, you know, we came back to our house, and then I talked to her. It was like, "Hey, mom, why why didn't you, you know, like talk to that guy, like ask for a phone number or something like you usually do?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "I don't, I don't know. I'm um first, I don't." I'm not really into the long distance relationship, oh, and wow. I am not gonna be forever. So I, I, I don't know uh, what he's gonna do. Will he leave his country for me? Because I'm not gonna leave my country for him. That's definitely like, can he leave it? Can he go to my country and and be somebody new? Mm. Like and be independent and be, you know, like as a woman, I think um, for. For me to see, there is a gap between uh, Westerner, uh, Western woman and Vietnamese woman. Is that Vietnamese woman? They kind of somewhat. I'm not gonna say like own Vietnamese woman because I am one, and I yeah. I, most most of the case I'm seeing they are quite submissive. Oh. I'm gonna say submissive. I'm gonna submissive. use this Yeah, which means they will follow. They will follow the man. Mm. I mean, they will follow the man, the family. Whatever they they're a bit like more sacrifice and less self you know like focused self centric. Mm-hmm. When the Western woman they are more independent. So mm-hmm. because of the education, the the socials, the culture background they have, they're more independent. They think more about what about my happiness, mm. what about my freedom, what can you do about it? Like what can we do so that both of us can have it? When the Vietnamese woman. It's sort of like imprint, even for the younger girls, like it, it has in this mindset that how do I make like my family happy? Uh-huh. How do I show people, how do I show people that I am happy? I show, this is the big word, I show people that I'm happy. It's not about I am happy, how to make myself happy. It's how do I show people I'm happy? And this is, this is this is the difference, and so when the Western woman that comes to Vietnam and think they will think, I mean you you will think they think more deeper because they care more about themselves, right? So they think more about this, and they say, okay, unless you give me like you show me that you you're willing to to approach me first. To approach me means you you have the confidence in this situation first because I'm not gonna go ahead and approach. Some guy that's shy and timid and and like not talking to me, not solving the problem. Yeah. So no, this just, no. Stella, when on the table. No, no way. When you um, met your husband for the first time, who was the first one to approach, and what kind of situation was well, it? I'm gonna say me. I'm gonna say me. <laughs> and so uh, um, the situation was. Um, so I was young. I'm telling you, but now I don't know. Now I'm like thirty. Like let's say if I'm. If I have not, I have not met my husband and, and everything, and I'm in my thirty, I'm in my position right now. Maybe I'm not gonna approach anybody. I swear. But mm. I was young. I was like 18, 19 at the time, mm. and we were working for an NGO, Kusudvi. Yeah. It's a fund NGO, and um, it was uh, we're trying to help the um, the consume, uh people. So mm. he is helping the orphanage, and I helping the mm-hmm. the ethnic people over there, the minorities. Mm-hmm. And I met him and it was love at first sight for me. Because Aww. literally, you know, he looks, I mean, like, he has this vibe and he super calm and yeah. he was super pretty. I mean, like, everybody said he's more beautiful, like, than me. Mm. Like, all right, he had this, all right, that's this enough. Look. That's enough about Vincent. Okay, I've heard enough. Pretty. Okay. <laughs> okay so, 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 we can. Okay, so then, and that's why I'm like I'm interested instantly. But <laughs> that's just. But yeah, yeah, but but it's a it's a, it's a, a, a Western man and a Vietnamese girl. That's why it's it's lopsided. Also, like I would be interested in him. Yeah. But he was not interested in me, right? He was not interested in me at the beginning, but he was not interested. He thought I was crazy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, just a sec. Um, let's continue on Asian and Western relationships. Sorry to cut you off about talking about your mm. uh, lovely husband. Um, I want to ask. I want to ask about age gaps. So in the West, we seem to have have this hang up about say, well, generally it's an older man with a much younger woman. Mm. Why in Vietnam and many other Asian countries is that not so bad? It's not really talked about as much. Mm. Well, it is talked about as much, I think. Like, it just, it just like, don't talk to, to your face, <laughs> to the couple face. <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I don't, like even Vietnamese to Vietnamese. Like, if you have a big age gap, it sounds weird. You know, like, let's say 20, 30 years old. But then the age gap thing, if the younger, the couples, like, let's say uh, she is 20 and he is 40, it sounds weird. But when she is 60 and he is 80, it's being weird. Yeah. You know, like, it's just that. So, so but, hang on, let me get this right. So uh-huh. if there's a 40-year-old man with a 20-year-old woman. Both Vietnamese. Both Vietnamese, the Vietnamese think that's weird? No, it's not. Or it's okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh okay. They're going to think it's weird. They're going to think it's weird. They're going to talk about it behind the back. But after they're 20 say, yeah. They're gonna say, yeah. Like after, like after like 20, 30, 40, if they, you can prove, like, okay, this is true love and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, then. It's something weird. Like people would say, "Oh, it was love," and it was love. But at the beginning, everybody would say, "Okay, she's definitely going to be her," and uh, this guy is definitely, you know, like uh, pedophile and stuff like that. Oh, They're oh, gonna wow. say that own kind of thing behind behind their back, behind their back. So it's just not it's not talk to you to your face. It doesn't mean it's not weird. <laughs> it's weird everywhere. <laughs> okay. Hey Stella. It's just that if it's not it's legal, if it's legal, it's fine. You know, like you don't get arrested or anything, but people will still talk back to you behind your back. Stella, I have a follow-up question. Earlier, I I was hearing something about you know you said in her position, um, you know, referring to your your mother-in-law. She's more mature, and you know she's achieved so much in her life already. So with regards to that kind of characteristic, is it common for older women in Vietnam to be also confident in approaching men and maybe, a, you know, having a toy boy in <laughs> Vietnam? Well, it's, it's become, I think it's, it was a taboo kind of thing. Still a taboo kind of thing. But uh, I guess like some women divorcing or single or don't give a fuck anymore it's, <laughs> they 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 can they can i mean it's it's something like like sugar baby sugar daddy kind of thing sugar uh-huh. mommy you, you 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 get you get into it you know what, what you want you know what you want you know what the deal is right yeah you want their youth right yep they give you their youth you give them money they want your money so it's a it's a deal straight up a deal at the beginning but it's still it's still a taboo in Vietnam. It's it happened like like that. Mm. Even like for the man, it's still a taboo. It's not just for women, mm. but for women that is like older, older and more successful. This is the thing: very rare that they would have a toy boy. Oh, unlike men, unlike Vietnamese <laughs> men that would probably running around, laying around, dress, they would less likely to have a toy boy. If they have kids, it would be even rarer because, again, I'm back to the why the mindset of Vietnamese woman is like this. How do I make my family happy? Mm. How do I show people sure. I am happy? How do I show people I am a good mother? I am a good person. So because of this, it's less likely they have a toy, right? But I'm not going to say... The, the the rate of having a fair among the women in Vietnam is lower than a man. Mm. I'm, I'm not, not, not going to say that. It's not that. It's just when they get older, first of all, I don't know, but I get the menopause hit them yeah. maybe earlier. <laughs> don't worry, I'll tell you <laughs> in a couple of months. 
just like you brought that past, you don't really have this grieving unless you have some sort of hormone, you know, treatment and, and it's yet you spied up. I don't know, but you know, like then the woman they get older in Vietnam, they focus more on their their family, on their mm. on their kids. Mm. You know, or on their sister or brother if they don't have kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's like that's for men. For men, they like because the isn't so the, the reason I guess uh, the 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 Western woman they not really um into it or they in the relationship yeah. and after a while they just like okay no this is a no no this is a red flag no I'm not gonna forgive you because you cheated on me mm-hmm. I'm not gonna forgive you you cheated on me it's not it's not it work right yeah. but woman, the husband cheated on them they be like no I'm gonna forgive you because of the kid or something else yeah. or even their parents help like the 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 parents of the wife would tell them hey every man like that Oh, it's, it's perpetuated. Yeah, it's being continued. Uh, it's not yeah. a mistake. It's a crime. So, Stella, yeah, Stella, it's a crime. Just, not a mistake. just on that topic, um, what are some of the stereotypes that uh, about Vietnamese women that are that are wrong? Yeah, and they really annoy you. Give us about three that you can think of. The stereotype about Vietnamese women that are wrong. Yep. Well, I think the idea of Vietnamese women had low education or lower education. Okay, good. This is, this is not true. Yep. This is not true. Second, the idea of a Vietnamese woman that, I guess it's like housewife material. Mm. This, is also not, this is also not true. And uh, the third one is that Vietnamese women are grown bigger. This is also very not true. It's just if you flash your bone around, you got date. That's how it works. You attract a digger. <laughs> you don't flash your bone around, uh, you attract a different kind of person. That's it. All right. They're, they're good. What about in terms of in the bedroom? It's what a, stereotypes? It, yeah, it's a. This is the love episode. Ah, okay, love episode. All. Okay. So, what are some stereotypes about Vietnamese women in the bedroom? Either you know, true or false, doesn't really matter. Let us know. But when you say in the bedroom, it it equates it to just the physical act of sex. So maybe we, you know, we in relationships. In maybe, relationships, yeah. so. Because Love, she said earlier before really? that, that yeah. Vietnamese women tend to be very submissive. But okay. is that true? In the bedroom. Yeah. Well, okay, so the stereotype is they are like starfish in the bedroom. Okay, starfish. <laughs> Just one. One percent. Um, um, sao, is it? Well, no, I'm going to say. <laughs> sao, sao bean? <laughs> <laughs> sao bean. Sao yeah, bean. starfish, yeah. It's like air, like air, red light, and stuff like that. <laughs> but I want to say it really depends on the people. I mean, the yeah. younger generation, the only one I'm not sure. The only one I'm not sure because I'm not there yet. But uh, for the younger generation, let's count from me down. I guess there's going to be more kinky people, more people that would want to show the skill oh. in the bedroom because, well, because, well, it makes both sides happy. Like, yeah. come on, that is fun. It but, makes both people yeah, happy. So, correct. Yeah, and there is one stereotype that Vietnamese women uh, doesn't really need, they have a lot of need in this. I'm telling you, I have a group of girlfriends, I have a big group of girlfriends, <laughs> and most of them would complain. Most of them complain about their husband. Oh. Their husband problem. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, it's like. Um, about what? About size well, or about performance? Or what? No, no, about. About the the try, you know, like they have, like mm, I don't know. I married him. I married him. He stopped trying, and and you know, like we've done this like one or two weeks a time. Like it's very little, and I, I my need is more. And I, me, I would suggest communicate to each other. You know, like talk yeah. to each other. But they would be like, I don't know. He's come back home. He's tired. I don't want to. You know, like force him. Like what do you mean for? What, what do you mean for? <laughs> no, for things. <laughs> you know, you communicate and you see and how it works. But oh, no, this... they, have, they have bigger needs and, and they can do more things, I swear. 
<laughs> we'll have to take this up in a part two one day <laughs> next time you're back in Saigon. Okay. Yeah. Thanks heaps for your time. Have a good Valentine's. What's the plan? Well, my husband works in F&B, so that's why we're in F&B, so which means we will not celebrate Valentine's Day on time, <laughs> on the day. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah maybe we will celebrate other people Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. It's, it's Enjoy it. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give it a like, share and comment and feel free to ask any questions related to Vietnam, the Philippines and the region on the Bureau Asia's social media channels at the Bureau Asia. And I'll do my best to answer them. Mel, as usual, thanks for joining me again. Have you packed your bags for Thailand yet? Oh, not yet. But yep, I'm looking forward to that. But I think I'm going to keep my suitcase uh, empty. I'd like to take home some, you know, curries, ping pong balls, stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm looking for the, forward to that as well. Um, so just to let you know, we're, we're popping over to the Land of Smiles, if you hadn't worked that out already, for a few <laughs> days for some beach action, including One, night in, One night in Bangkok. It's been a while. Yeah. So don't forget to look out for our next episode. No doubt there will be some anecdotes and observations about Thailand. <laughs> we might just make it a practical guide or something like that for a short break to Thailand. Not sure yet, but it should be good, so don't miss it. Also, don't forget to check out my YouTube channel. Just search The Bureau Asia and something should come up. Give it a watch and subscribe. As I said in the last episode, and I think the one before, I'm on a mission to hit 1,000 subscribers as soon as possible. So please help me out with that mission. Like and share. More videos coming soon. Until the next episode, take care and stay safe. This is Matt Cowan. Enjoy your week wherever you are. Come and